0: Praise God. Oh, the Lord is good. Amen. Well, let me share with you a few few things about our special day that we celebrate tomorrow. I want to start in Isaiah chapter 9 and, and verse 6. Some of these will sound very familiar. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 reads, For unto us a child is born, Unto us a son is given. How many see the difference there? Jesus was born physically uh, as a child. He was born in, in his physical uh, body. But how many know he was, He didn't start then? <laughs> that wasn't the, the beginning of his existence. He had no beginning. He was born in, uh, in Bethlehem, but he was given to us in, in, in a different way. Where he's called the mighty God. He's the... Uh, of course the son of God and it goes on to say and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God Everlasting Father Prince of Peace so I want to zero in on that last phrase Uh, he is called uh, Prince of Peace this is a time of year when that phrase is frequently repeated it's put on greeting cards And we talk about Jesus being the Prince of Peace, and it's interesting because if that's what He is, that's what He came to bring peace. There's a whole lot of not peace going on, you know. I mean, there's there's there are uh, wars galore and rumors of wars, and there's there's a conflict between this group and that group, uh, between this one family member and other family members. Uh, what Jesus came to be as the prince of peace, from one vantage point, it kind of looks like it didn't work. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, but what, what did he mean by that? I mean, even in Jesus' day, you say, well, when Jesus came, certainly there was a great peace that, 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 that flooded the land, right? Actually, no. Uh, in their day, it was very far from peaceful. Just like today, there were still nations raging against nations. People had conflict within their own personal relationships. And so, um, again, if he came to bring peace, where is it? And was he not successful in his peace bringing? I want to look over, uh, secondly, to to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is... One of the famous passages for this story. And it reads, beginning in verse 8, Luke 2, 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. So did everybody get happy? (laughs) When Jesus came, was everybody celebrating? Well, not everybody was. Herod wasn't celebrating. Remember, Herod sent his crew over there to try to wipe him out because he was proclaimed by the the wise men as, as a king. So he wasn't happy. Once Jesus got going, once he got to his ministry years, there were certainly a whole bunch of people that didn't like him. Okay, and so this statement seems odd too. Good tidings of great joy for everybody, for all the people. Verse 11 For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. There we have it again, another declaration of peace. But uh, the interesting thing about this is, uh, is the word toward. You, you ever notice that, that, that word, toward? Glory to God in the highest, peace, and goodwill which direction? Is that different than among? What was the prophecy that Jesus would come and there would be peace among men? Or we could just say among people or all people. That's not what the word said. It didn't, he, he didn't promise to bring peace amongst us. Jesus coming was not a declaration that there would no longer be any war. There would no no longer be any conflict. But there would be peace toward us. Well, toward us from who? From God. Prior to this event uh, and the the work of of redemption, uh, there was a problem between God and people. You You could say we were at odds with him. There was conflict between heaven and earth. We were at odds with our creator because of his standard of righteousness and holiness and mankind's frequent sinfulness. There was an issue. There was a problem. And so Jesus came and he came to fix that problem. The problem between God and man. You know many troubles today uh, are blamed on God. Everything from natural disasters, to viruses. People wonder, why is God doing this? Or why is God allowing this to happen? Why is it that people are so quick to point their finger at him? When Jesus came to make one very clear declaration that because of his coming, there's no longer a conflict. God is not trying to get us. He's not trying to get us back Amen. for all the dumb things we've done. Yeah. Why? Jesus came, and now there's peace. Amen. There's peace. There, there's no more opposition. I mean, if you are in opposition to God, I would encourage you not to be, because any issue between you and God is 100% on your side. That's good. Yeah. <clears throat> you know that's the case. So God doesn't have a problem with me? No, Jesus already fixed that. That's what Christmas is about, is Jesus fixed the problem. So from God's perspective, from his vantage point, uh, everything's good. It's all clear. He's smiling at you. So if there's anything on the other side, that would be our issue. Amen. I mean, if the, if the U.S. is at peace with another nation, that means there's no attacks happening. Right. We're not attacking them. They're not attacking us. And if we're at peace with God, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, then what, what, what does that mean? It means from God's standpoint, there's no attacks coming. There, there is no action being taken against people by God come on somebody say that's good news yeah say well I don't understand a lot then well that's fine <laughs> uh, there are answers to the to the wise and all that kind of question but one thing you can mark off just scratch off the list of possibilities is God is ruining my life God is angry with me God is punishing me God all the no no Jesus came and he established peace toward you heaven's Perspective: Heaven's activities towards you are peaceful. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And so the redemptive work of Jesus basically made it possible for, for us to approach God independent of sin. So we can go before Him without fear of, of, of judgment, without fear of punishment. You see, God's a just God. And, and, and therefore... He cannot just look the other way when wrongdoing happens. The reason, uh, he, he, he's not doing that. He, he doesn't do that, but that's why, uh, you know, we could say justice must be served. And again, that's what Jesus came to take care of, to justly satisfy the demands of heaven on our behalf. You know, many nations throughout history have done very horrible things. We think about the Holocaust. We think about different atrocities that have taken place seemingly without God stepping into the middle of it and stopping it. Right? Sometimes you wonder, how did he let that happen? Well, it's because heaven has stopped in its activities against mankind. Jesus satisfied that, that, that need for justice when he did it. You know, Jesus made an interesting statement over in uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 10, when he, he said these words in verse 34, beginning in 34, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. Well, wait a minute, that's exactly what we thought you came. <laughs> he said, no, don't think that. Yeah, but what about Isaiah? <laughs> what, 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 what about all that? He said, don't think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her (laughs) mother-in-law. How many say, yeah, I've seen that one happen. (laughs) (laughs) Prophecy fulfilled. (laughs) Verse 36. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Now, That seems like a contradiction to so many of the prophecies that have come forth concerning Jesus and even some of his own statements about himself. But if he's saying that and also talking about how he is our peace, then is he confused or maybe these are both going in different directions? These are both describing different activities. You see, what God, and I've already given you the answer, but what God has come to do is be, bring peace between us, yeah. not necessarily between us. Now, if I have peace with God and you have peace with God, there's a good chance we're going to have peace this way as well. Right? right? But that's not the, 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 the initial. If all we do is seek peace amongst ourselves, there's going to be a whole lot of compromise taking place where we never have a standard, we never stand up for truth, we never have any convictions, we never have any, any beliefs that we hold to. We're all just kind of backboneless Because we never want to have any conflict. I understand that. Who likes conflict, you know? We don't, we don't want it. But if that's what we're supposed to do, then, uh, then we're, we're missing the point. Romans 5 and verse 1 reads this way. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who do we have peace with? With God. Do we have peace with everyone else? As much as we can. As much as possible. We're going to try to live peaceably with everybody. We're not going to be instigators trying to start, you know, like political fights tomorrow or anything. We're not not trying to be... uh, in conflict with one another, but that's not the main point. Jesus came because the main point is people are at odds with God and we've got to make that, we've got to make a way where that can end. Amen. We've got to fix it. And so we have been justified by faith so that we can have peace with God. I can say it this way. The re- of all the relationships that we have, Okay, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, so forth. All the relationships that we have, our relationship with God matters more than any of them. Sometimes people will sacrifice their relationship with God for their relationship with people. I just want to keep peace in the home. No, 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 no. You want to keep peace with God. And then from there, you do what you can and you have as much as possible. There are people that know What they should do, what they should believe, how they should commit to the Lord. But they don't do it for fear of opposition, rejection, persecution. They fear what others will say about them. Can I tell you? You've got the cart before the horse. You've got this thing completely backwards. Jesus came so peace with God would be the main thing. And we should seek that peace above all else. And even if it costs us at times relationships with others, if we are at odds with them, the very fact that you are right with God, if you are, means that you will be at odds with other people at times. It's just built in. Say, I don't want that. Well, then you don't want the Lord. You don't want Jesus in your life. Because if you're going to have that relationship, it'll cost you some others. But I tell you, it's worth it. Oh, it's, it's so worth it. And so uh, this division that Jesus is talking about, you know, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. He's not saying that because it's the will of God. He's not saying because God wants us to be at odds with people. That's, not, that's never, never the will of God. It's, it's, it's just that there is a peace that is more important than this one. And that is eternal peace. That is peace with God. Praise God. I know sometimes in our day uh, when you have a relationship with God you get attacked by by people. Uh, Sometimes you're called a hater or a bigot or different things like that. There's all different ways that people try to intimidate and really that's the spirits of darkness trying to get people to compromise on their beliefs to separate from God and give higher priority to other relationships. But many have Many have reduced Jesus, even this time of year, we talk about the Lord. Thank God everyone has to say Christmas. Uh, <laughs> uh, but people talk about the Lord, and you know how, how it goes. They sometimes want to reduce Jesus from Messiah, from Savior, from uh, Son of God, to moral uh, example. He's a godly person, he's, just, he's a good moral example for us to follow. And I know if someone just thinks of Jesus as a good person, a moral individual, a good leader, or even a prophet, then how many know they're missing the most important part? Because if I've sinned and, separ- and I'm separated from God because of my sin, then how many know uh, just adding a little bit of morality or correcting a little bit of behavior in my life does not rejoin me to God? I don't need a prophet, I need a savior. I don't need a teacher, I need a savior. Yeah. I don't need just a good example to get my life together and do a little things, a little bit smarter. I, I need a savior. Amen. And so that's the main point. It's the main point of the day we celebrate. It's the most important part. is It's God in the flesh who came to bring peace towards us, towards each and every one of us. You know, it's been said that, that good is the enemy of great. And you can can reduce and water down what Jesus came to do, what he came to bring. And that's basically what we've done. We've taken the punch out of of Christmas. We've taken the the life-changing works of God out of this amazing event. So let's stay with the main thing. What do you say? Uh, let's, Let's keep the main thing, the main thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 reads, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. I want you to go back. I want you to notice he has reconciled us to himself. You know what that means to reconcile? It means to make friendly. It, it, it means... It, It means to restore friendly relations between. God restored friendship. Restored friendly relationships to himself through Jesus. Go on verse 19. And he says that is God was in Christ. Reconciling, bringing it back together. The world to himself. God was doing that. He was bringing people back to himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. That may sound like complicated biblical language. It just means I did the wrong thing and he's not counting it against me. He's not holding me accountable. Not because he looks the other way, but because Jesus came to bring peace. Jesus came to bring that reconciliation and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. That's what we do. If you're a Christian, that's your word. We're a church, so it's our word. God fixed it for you. Good news. Good news. Not here to beat you up and make you feel like a dog for every bad thing you've ever done. We're here to say God has already solved the problem. He has already fixed the issue. Jesus came and he is the Prince of Peace and he came to fix the the ultimate primary relationship, removing the conflict between God and mankind and now there is peace toward you. Amen. Amen. Every time you look up to heaven, Literally or figuratively, you look in your heart and you pray to know that God is looking at you with peace. He's not there waiting to strike you down, waiting to knock you out. Peace has been established because of the coming of the Savior. Jesus himself said in John 16, he said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Come on, say it out loud. Say, in Jesus, Jesus, I have have peace." peace. Amen.